The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is again our Gospel reading for this past Sunday, which was Transfiguration Sunday. We're looking at Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. Matthew's account of the Transfiguration. He writes, After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. My dear fellow worshipers of the Christ, the God-man, on the Mount of Transfiguration, on this special day, our reading says, a bright cloud enveloped Jesus, Elijah, and Moses, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This cloud didn't bring a mist or a murkiness or a fog. This cloud brought brightness or brilliance, radiance. And from that cloud, God the, Fatherly, God the Father lovingly speaks about his Son. And he did something similar to what he did when Jesus was baptized, said, this is my Son whom I love. But here he says that he was well pleased with Jesus, that Everything that he was doing in his mission to be our Savior, to pay for our sins, to win for us eternal salvation, he's saying that God the Father was well pleased with everything that he did. And then what he does is he commands those disciples to listen to him. And he's commanding those disciples and us, of course, to listen to him. And now, sad to say, when we think about that directive, we'd have to say that multitudes of people in our world have no time or think they have no time to listen to what Jesus has to say or, or don't really even care about what he says. See, there's that general feeling in the world that all religions and, and everyone ultimately ends up going to the better place, so why listen to Jesus? They'll say that there are many different highways to heaven, so why listen to him? But that's not in accordance with what Jesus says. Jesus said, 
No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the one and only Savior that this world is ever going to have. And, and the sad fact is, is that there are many who profess to be followers of Christ, who belong to a Christian church, and, and still what they do is they don't accept portions of Jesus' words. And see now, Satan, what he's always doing is he's always working on us to try to get us to play what I sometimes call buffet religion. And buffet religion, that means to accept the teachings of Christ that appeal to us and then just ignore those portions of Scripture that aren't appealing to us that maybe seem to strike home with us at different times about our sin and about our lives. At a buffet, you can take what you like and not take what you're not interested in. And you can throw all kinds of stuff away, but buffet religion? Never a good idea because Jesus doesn't want us to play that buffet religion. He says, if you hold to my teaching, and he means all of his teachings there, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, Matthew writes, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. Sinful people are quite naturally afraid of a holy and perfect God, of our almighty God. And even minor demonstrations of his power cause people to oh, react in fearful ways. Oh, think about the coming of a tornado or or the coming of an ice and snowstorm, or dramatic showings of God's power, an earthquake, a hurricane, things like that, that puts the fear of the Lord into people's hearts and lives. Well, here, Peter, James, and John, though they were believers in Jesus, they react to this appearance of God in a fearful nature because of their sinful nature. And now if, for example, we right now were to hear God the Father's voice from heaven speaking to us, we'd be terrified. But as Jesus said to those disciples, he also says to us, don't be afraid. We don't have to be afraid because, you know why? because Jesus, God the Father here said that he's well pleased with Jesus' work. The reason why we'd have to be afraid of God is because of our sins and because our sins mean that we would deserve eternal punishment. But God the Father is well pleased with Jesus' work, that Jesus, through his life and his death and his resurrection, what he would do is he would pay for our sins and well, get rid of our sins, we could say, so that the reason that was there for us to be afraid of God is, is gone. And now we can know our sins, which make us afraid, which would make us afraid, they're taken care of by the blood of Christ. And now because of everything that Christ has done for us, we can hear 
God, our Heavenly Father, speaking to us here in this portion of Scripture, we can hear him speaking to us through script, throughout Scripture, and instead of being terrified, we can say, it's good for us to be here and to hear God the Father. Well, the transfiguration account, it lets us witness Christ's glory. It lets us hear God the Father's voice and be thrilled with what he has to say. But it also gives us a little bit of an opportunity here to, to preview heaven. Our reading, it says, just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Having two of God's faithful prophets from the Old Testament appear with Jesus, that really is very significant. It, it does say to us that it demonstrates to us that there is life beyond the grave. Both of them, Moses and Elijah, had been dead for many, many years. And it does also testify to the fact that Jesus is the Savior. It's kind of interesting if you think about it. Jesus had maybe nine months or so to go before his death and resurrection. But as far as God the Father was concerned, it was an already accomplished fact. Here's Moses and Elijah after their death. And where were they at this time? They're spirits in heaven, but they came down to be with Jesus on this particular day. As far as God the Father is concerned, when he made the promise that Jesus was coming into the world to be the Savior, you know, that promise made to Adam and Eve already back in the Garden of Eden, his work already was an accomplished fact. And already in eternity, that was an accomplished fact. Even in eternity, that was an accomplished fact. Well, Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. This was such a wonderful, special preview of heaven for, for Peter, James and John, and for us. It's good for us to hear God the Father's voice and to get this little bit of a preview of heaven. In our lives, we all do hopefully get those opportunities when we get a little bit of a preview of heaven. And such days may include something like, oh, a confirmation day. When we sing some of our favorite hymns or when we hear a choir singing a beautiful anthem, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, or when a baby is baptized, or maybe just those times when God's word really strikes home, when, when it tells us and clearly shows us that we're sinners, but that we have a Savior in Jesus, and, and tells us that God the Father is well pleased with his work, and we don't have to be afraid of God, and that we can look forward to eternal life in heaven. Well, you know, none of us saw a preview of heaven like that which Peter, James, and John saw on this particular day. But through faith in Jesus our Savior, we can all join the Apostle Peter in saying, Lord, it's good for us to be here. It's good for us to 
worship our Savior, to be built up and strengthened by his word. But it's not just a blessing for us to be here, well, to be in God's house, to be around the word of God, but it's a blessing for us wherever we are, because remember what our Savior has promised us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Blessing to be in the presence of God and to know his amazing grace and love. Let's pray. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for giving us this glimpse of your glory, reminding us that you are the God-man, our Savior, and through faith in you, we can look forward to joining you in glory forever in heaven. We pray in your name. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.